0: Jake I like video games well hey Tony
1: I like video games too
0: welcome to another fantastic wonderful episode
1: of hey I like that game hey I like that game it's that show with games and it's really good and now that's my that's trying to do a Game of Thrones remix with it <laughs> hopefully hey, it comes like through gu-
0: oh, th- it's too many syllables like it's a hey like that gu- it just doesn't work
1: it's that's brilliant. the longest theme song of any of any show on the planet.
0: <laughs> it's pretty fantastic though it's so good it's it's so epic, <laughs> kind of like this show is epic jake what yeah have you it been is. Pl- what have you been playing lately what what's been on your gaming plate?
1: well, on my gaming plate there's been one game, only one other game I've really had time for, considering how, uh, how robust the game for this episode is. <laughs> but it's a, a fresh remix on an on a old standard of mine. I just got a new expansion for Civ 6. <laughs> there you go. So, <laughs> you having to hear about Civ 6 is never going to end, Tony. Uh, so it's Gathering Storm. It came out, I think, in February, but I just picked it up on Steam. Um, You know, per usual in Civilization, great, great expansion, adds a lot of good content, uh, more factions, another victory option, uh, makes it easier to build giant death robots, which is always fun, uh, adds natural disasters and climate change, um, which is always, I think it's a neat thing. Because you always, like, in Civ, you're going for, like, mass production as much as you can, and there's really no repercussions to it now, but there, I mean, there are repercussions now. Um, and it's great. I love it. I love the new civilizations. Um, yeah, just been playing a whole lot of it. It's good. It's really good, Tony. I think you should play it before I make you play it. Uh, nope. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Never gonna
0: play a Civ game. I I don't know. Maybe someday. I I think you would have to make me play it for the podcast to really make me sit down and do it. Like I I have been interested in it. Um, you know, not mm-hmm. just from your glowing reviews but from other you know people in the gaming media that i really trust they all say the game's great and fr- other friends that say it's great it's just not my style of game but you know um that's the point of the show right is to make make
1: us play games uh, well we i mean like between not play. civ 5 and civ 6 i have i don't know maybe like a hundred or hour so of gameplay and i feel like i'm really just getting it so you know that learning curve's not too steep
0: <laughs> sure <laughs> yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> so super accessible, Tony. I don't know what you're scared about. <laughs> right? Yeah, yes. but I mean like I just like personal stuff's been busy. I'm I'm graduating with my masters in a little bit over 2 weeks now, so there's been a whole lot of whole lot of stuff to take care of there. So I mean like when you play civilization you you live civilization. So, it <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Doesn't leave a doesn't leave a whole lot of room for uh for other games, but what about what about you Tony? What have you been what have you been dipping your toes in with video games lately?
0: So, um I kinda, this is like the canned answer every time. You know, a lot of my old standbys playing HotS, playing Hots? Smash Brothers. Yeah. Um, How's Joker? But uh Joker's cool. Joker's a cool character. He's not my style. Uh, really because he plays a lot more like super fast combo driven um, mm-hmm. like really really um, execution based and maybe I shouldn't say that's not my style but like just the just the way that he plays I see why people would like him and why he can be a really strong character I just don't see myself uh, getting really into him but I mean they nail the aesthetic the new stage that they added that's like all persona the personified is wonderful they added a good chunk of persona music from 3 4 and 5 that are just delightful i mean the the thing i like about the persona series is the style and the music more so than actually playing those games and this is what they mm-hmm. brought to smash so it's like perfect love that all right yeah you know, your favorite absolutely part love of the that. Entire thing yeah so it's it's good so that's been good, and then Hots—they just introduced a new hero uh, this week, actually. Anduin. Oh, is he live now? Anduin is live. He is a uh, a healer. He's not broken at all. Like I feel like he's got um, you know some very apparent counters to him. I think he's super fun to play, and he's really he's good. But you know he's really susceptible to dive, which is um, which is tough. I mean, so he's the type of character that uh that i like to have in your back pocket where it's like okay this team doesn't have a lot of dive all they have is poke i can pick up anduin and really um help my team out by keeping them constantly topped off and preventing the big burst damage uh so you can you know win team fights a little bit easier but as soon as uh they figure out oh we just have to stop anduin then it Mm -hmm. makes it really tough for you to get away um but other than that like he's he's super fun he's really fun a great addition to the game um definitely love that um the i want to talk about two new games though um that i've been playing uh one of which and these are kind of out of the ordinary for me so this should be fun to talk about okay what um, one, one is a mobile game uh oh. my i recently got a new job and my commute's a little bit longer than it used to be so i've been playing a lot more you know mobile stuff um so I picked up this game called Lightslinger. Slinger. Uh, Light Slinger is basically, um, if you've ever played the game Bust a Move, where you are flinging different colored gems into a well that is above you.
1: And, oh,
0: yeah. And, and any gem that is like kind of hanging by uh, another color when you match it, if it's not connected to anything else, it falls. So mm-hmm. the uniqueness of this game is that so it has that mechanic. Um, you have a party of, I think it's either five or six heroes that you get in the, you know, very traditional gotcha like, um, style, uh, of a lot of other mobile games, you know, by, you know, pulling on the loot box, you get one daily, but then you earn another currency that can, um, that you can pay for, but you earn enough of it over time to, to get other pulls from this chest. But, um, different colors uh of heroes associate with the different colors of the gems the more that you match and break the more powerful your uh your attacks come through then there's you know the rock paper scissors of you know fire beats what fire beats earth but earth beats water and you know light beats this and you know that that kind of stuff um that plays kind of sounds
1: like your your kind of style of game where you like puzzle games but puzzle games with a little bit of a a little bit of a twist like what's that like street fighter game that you like oh super puzzle Puzzle fighter Fighter. yeah stuff like that or yeah um, it's like this tetris stuff like that yeah
0: yeah it's very much uh you want your puzzles
1: to be violent
0: yes i i uh i like the rpg like elements with my puzzle game and this is this is a really fun one because they offer you know a lot of different ways to play it or a lot of different modes so it's like there's your classic story mode that has an elite path as well that makes it a little bit harder that you can gain a bunch of resources from then they have an arena where you're fighting against other people other people's teams it's not like a one-on-one fight it's more like i put up my team and then you have to fight against it yeah um, okay. and that's good. And then they have like an event um, event bucket where they have like three or four different types of events that roll through. So sometimes it's like here's a menu of different things you can spend you know that currency on or that energy on. Um, but other times it's like here is a dungeon you have to go through. Here is a selection of different bosses and you as a guild, have to fight all these bosses to earn keys to fight a raid boss and then it's like a guild versus guild type thing and if your guild does well enough at the end of it you get a chest with a lot of good resources in it so um i've been really enjoying it it's um it's a very good mobile game where you can still get a lot of value out of it uh without paying any money but the other thing about it is they offer a lot of different ways to monetize so it's like They have a bunch of different packages, like there's a Battle Pass-like package that you can get that gives you a lot of different uh, stuff for just playing a lot. They have a VIP thing that you can buy that's like, okay, you pay, I think it's X amount a month that just gives you more resources, gives you more free, like quote unquote free stuff every day um and it like guarantees better drops from whenever you do a loot box or something like that and Mm -hmm. then they have just your standard here give us this amount of money and then you get this amount of resources Um, right right so it's i think it's really fun it's definitely worth checking out if you're into you know puzzle games with rpg elements like if you're a puzzle quest fan uh or or any game like that or, or puzzles and dragons even um this is something. Puzzles that and Dragons. Puzzles and Dragons is great, or Light Slinger, or, or no, Light Slinger is this game. What is the yeah, game yeah. that I was talking about? Um, Super I can't remember. Puzzle
1: thinking. Fighter. Oh, uh, no. Munch Munchies. What? Bubble Pop. I,
0: oh, bu- no, no. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of this <laughs> other game that's like. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, I yeah. think
1: it, we'll just say it's Munchies. <laughs> yeah,
0: sure. Um but yeah, the game that I'm talking about is Lightslinger. Um I believe it's on iOS and Android. Um and then the last thing I wanted to talk about is actually a board game I've been playing. So, Hey-o. the past couple of months now, maybe 2-3 months, I've been playing an ongoing board game with a a group of three of mother friends called Gloomhaven.
1: So, huh.
0: Gloomhaven. I feel
1: feel like I've heard of that.
0: So you probably have. So Gloomhaven is a really big board game, like physically and (laughs) uh, content-wise. Like the box itself is huge. I think it's like 25 pounds. I want to say like it's huge. It's a ton of stuff, and it's basically here's a massive Dungeons and Dragons campaign that doesn't require a DM. So. When you open the box up, there's a really thick book that has um, almost 100 scenarios in it, right? So a lot of different um, branching pathways in the story you can do, a lot Mm -hmm. of different things you can do with your party. You start off with, I think it's six different playable characters, but there's, I think it's more than 10 um, are unlockable throughout the game. So that's neat. Doing different missions doing different um objectives that are like personal to your character like my character has a has an uh, like a card that's like once i complete x amount of missions then i will unlock a character that i don't i don't know what this character is the only thing it tells me is it shows me its symbol so i could go look up online with you know spoilers for what it is yeah but that would be fun right exactly um there's also like um, you can go to Gloomhaven, which is like a town. You can go Mm -hmm. to town and you can shop, you can, um, you can take place in like city events and stuff, which are kind of like fun little events that happen. That's like, Oh, you're walking through a town square. You see an old guy who's like, um, you know, playing the banjo asking you for a tip. Do you move past him and, and don't tip him? Or do you tip the guy? And then it's like, you make a decision as a group. And then, um, Obviously, you flip the card over and see what plays out. Um, it does a lot of cool stuff where it depends on what party members you have. Sometimes mm-hmm. that will change uh, what happens. Like there's been multiple times now that my character, uh, the Cragheart, who is like an Earth person, um, Earth
1: bender, got it.
0: Y- yeah, but yep, exactly. Um, if I am, if that part, if that character is in your party, different things happen because it's like. Um, let's say there's like a rock slide going on well my character is made of earth so he could you'll prevent that easier than somebody else so um you don't know that going into the events um how your characters will affect the outcome uh so it makes for interesting discussion where it's like okay what do we do here um so that's really fun so there's this there's town events um, whenever you leave gloomhaven to go do like a mission there's always a randomized road event as well uh so it's a lot of just like interesting things that can happen all the time and then once you get to your location it's um it plays out similarly to this other board game i have um dungeons and dragons called uh, dungeons and dragons game called legend of drizzet drizzet we've
1: played that before
0: yes we have that game's fantastic um and it's it plays tough. out as, yeah and and this game is equally tough where you know enemies have set kind of ai patterns but mm-hmm. they're way more um randomized and varied in this game than the legend of drizzet game um it's way more complex there The the mechanic for playing your turn is you have a set number of cards in your hand um Each card has a top and a bottom part with a number in the middle. And you play two cards out of your hand to start your turn. The number in the middle is your initiative. So you have to pick one of the the numbers on there and like declare that your initiative. You can't tell anybody on your team what your initiative is or exactly what you're gonna do. You kind of have to talk around it, say I'm gonna attack in this general area or I'm going to try to heal somebody. But like you can't be, Specific on your actions, um, uh. so then you have to kind of cooperatively work together to to take down different challenges. Um, yeah, it's it's very fun. It's it's very difficult, but it's the type of difficult where um, each mission I feel like we're just getting by by the skin of our teeth, and that feels good. Like every mission I've played for the last two or three sessions, um, I, I gotta say going into like the final area like opening the final room to find a boss or like a new like a giant room full of enemies it's like there's no way we're gonna beat this there's no way and then we scrape by somehow you know like it's been really really fun um
1: like there's so much fun feeling in games and it's really great when something can capture that well
0: right and it's it's completely um Opposed to another board game that I was playing with another group of people. I was playing a campaign of uh, Pandemic Legacy. Yeah. And we were, we really, really struggled with that. Part of it was because we couldn't get together as often as we'd like to play Mm. it, but we were really struggling with just succeeding any time, which just... You know, reduce our confidence in the game and just reduce our enjoyment. Whereas in this one, it's hitting that sweet spot of difficulty and victory. Like it's it's been really good. Like the only mission that we've failed is because we went there um, by accident. It was the type of thing where we opened a location <laughs> we opened a location, but uh, so we had it like available to us on the map to go to it. But uh-huh. um, certain missions, certain locations, only completely open up when you uh fulfill a bunch of different objectives and um that one was meant for way way higher level characters so we went in there and got trashed um but uh i don't know it's been it's been really really fun the thing that i'll say about it is if you're ever gonna buy this game you need to a have a group of people that you know is going to consistently get together and play if not once a week, every other week, because you'll you'll lose momentum really quickly if you don't stick with it. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, you need to be very organized if you're going to be like the one that owns the game. That's going to be like the like the de facto <laughs> game runner, right?
1: Sort of like the unofficial dungeon master in in mm-hmm. name only,
0: right? Exactly, because there's a lot of reading to do. The rules are very complicated. Like I said, the box is huge and there's a ton of miniatures, a ton of different things going on with it. Um, so you really have to be organized, uh, and, and ready to, to read some rules and get into it. But I, I can't recommend, recommend this game, uh, like more, uh, it's, it's really, really fun. I'm really glad that, um, I convinced my buddy Nate to pick it up so he could play it, (laughs) um, it's it's really fantastic. That's uh, Gloomhaven.
1: Uh, is Gloomhaven. Is the name of the game. Yeah, that, I mean that sounds like a good time, and it would be fun to get that kind of group of people. I actually just picked up uh, like the base Pandemic game, and I've played some of that. And that mm-hmm. game still, that game still holds up really well. Um, I also just got an expansion for uh, Betrayal at the House on the Hill, which yes. is that's just like such a fun, such a fun party game. The expansion is. I haven't played too much of it, and we haven't gotten too many scenarios in the expansion. I have some mixed feelings about it. The, the, like the rooms and the whatnot and the mechanics it's adding are, are pretty fun. Um, but the scenarios are pretty vague and in a kind of interesting way, but also in a kind of frustrating way. So in the base set, the scenarios will tell you, like, this is exactly what you need to do. This is the check you need to make and this level in this kind of room. And, uh, like, for example, one of the Scenarios I got in the expansion Um, we basically like Let some super duper Powerful wizard out of a box or whatever And whenever you said his name It could, he could attack you So, like, I didn't know that, and, like, as soon As we, like, sat down to start, we're like, okay, let's kill This this wizard, I don't know, like, Mulgo Or whatever his name was, and then the trader's like Okay, you have to make a check, cause I just attacked You right now, so there's, like <laughs> Kinda cool stuff like that But in a way that's I don't know sometimes a little vague maybe that's just kind of like my my dm mindset of always wanting to know like the exact numbers but it's it's fun it's fun to pick up that game's just really great betrayal in the house of the hill is just like a super fun board game to play with friends and it's laid back and easy yeah so uh yeah it, board games board games are fun
0: yeah board games are fun i've been And as I get older, I feel like I'm getting more and more drawn to it uh, because of the social aspect of it, but Mm. also because it's like a nice contained experience. It's like when you sit down to play a board game, that's what you're doing. You know, you're not you're not watching TV. You're not you're not uh you know fucking around on your phone really at least i try not to like you just kind of focus on that game with the people that you're with and i really like that i have and board gaming is is having a bit of a renaissance and in a sense that like there's a lot of really good games coming out um of all different varieties it's not just like one type of game that's that's dominating the uh the market right now there's just a lot of good stuff so um I'm loving it, loving yeah. it. But well, speaking of loving stuff,
1: oh man, you you stepped on my toes. I was going to do a transition of speaking of focusing on games.
0: <laughs> Ooh, yeah. So <laughs> yours, is uh,
1: yours is better though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so the game that we're playing for this episode is uh, my choice. It's a game called Grandia Two. Grandia Two JRPG from I think it's the year. 2000? 2000, Y2K. Yeah, yeah. So uh, stick with us after the break to talk about this damn near 20-year-old JRPG.
1: Hey, everybody. Jake here. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hey, Like That Game. If you're enjoying the show and want to reach out to Tony and I, you can email Game at gmail.com. You can tweet me at like that Game. And you can follow us on Facebook for updates. Enjoy the rest of the episode.
0: And we're back. Welcome back to the show. Jake, I made you play uh, the 2000s classic JRPG Grandia 2. Originally came out for the Dreamcast, which is where I uh, originally played it. But it's basically seen a lot of consoles since then it's been on it was ported to ps2 on it came to windows uh an anniversary edition came out uh, in in 2015 that is on uh playstation network and then it's actually coming to switch this year in a grandia collection where it has the first one and the second one um grandia is uh kind of like final fantasy in the sense that um it's just kind of a name for a rpg series they don't necessarily have connections between each series so it's not like um these stories are connected they're all self-contained but the things that carry over are battle system names of spells some enemy types you know things like that carry over but um Jake I know how your feelings on JRPGs
1: um okay well that's that's a loaded question right there (laughs) tell me Tony what do you think my feelings on JRPGs are before I I start getting into my actual feelings of this game
0: I feel like you're not a big JRPG fan (laughs) in general uh that's like not really your favorite genre um You've played a you've played enough of them to be dangerous, but uh, I wouldn't say I would say you're not a fan like I, like a super fan like I am like that's like my early childhood I played like every JRPG at least at least touched it in some way I didn't finish everyone but like Super Nintendo PlayStation One and a good amount of the ones that showed up on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, i've played all of them or at least know something about them so um i, I have a lot of experience with this category and i feel like um you're not quite there so you're a little more skeptical of jrpgs in general would that be a fair assessment
1: uh yeah that's actually a pretty fair way of putting it that doesn't doesn't shit talk me too much um right, well, right. Ever, <laughs> you had a dreamcast yeah wow, so it's damn, funny big dick tony i know
0: I know, <laughs> it's it's funny. That's that's part of the reason why I picked this game. Part of the reason why I played this game is when um, when I got my Dreamcast when I was a kid, I didn't have a lot of games for it. I had um, I had this. I had Cannon Spike and Power Stone, um, and I think um, uh, I had one of the I had one of the football games and one of the basketball games. So like I didn't I didn't have a lot of stuff to to cut my teeth on but um i picked up this game just because like i love jrpgs and it's like i've never heard of this game i never played the first grandia uh before that I was like i'll get this um and that's kind of where this came from i had Mm -hmm. another good friend of mine who also played this game uh when he was younger so we used to talk about this game and a lot of reverence um and it's it was like a perfect game to revisit because like I said it's been like twenty years since the game out it, since the game came out it's been about twenty years since I've even really thought about this game again <laughs> um in any sort of uh you know specific detail so um it it was fun to jump back into this game it definitely waves of nostalgia waves of nostalgia playing through this game yeah
1: i can I can definitely see that so i I didn't have a Dreamcast. I picked this up on the uh, anniversary Steam re-release. Um, actually, like a, a pretty solid port. As far as uh, JRPGs specifically, there are none that really pop into mind. I mean, I guess unless you count Pokemon as a JRPG, which I guess technically it is, and those are yeah, games. I, not really. Though. Those are games I still play uh, for sure. Right. Um, I just never really had a whole lot of patience for it That's, i don't know because like i like turn-based style games um but i think more in a, like a like a tactical strategy game sort of way sort of more like an advanced wars than a final fantasy which isn't to say i don't yeah. like turn-based rpgs i've uh especially now that they've been out and like have a bunch of re-releases i've tried some of the final fantasies um there's a game i might make you play at some point down the line but it's, it's pretty close to style to this probably not for a bit Uh, lord of the rings the third age which is a turn-based rpg um i i love that game um so i don't by definition hate jrpgs and uh games necessarily like this i think grandia 2 has a lot to offer as far as a really interesting uh combat system which i think we can get get into at this point so it's not a typical turn-based RPG. So what it is is um, no. in the bottom right of the screen when you're battling, there is uh, basically like a loading bar mm-hmm. that shows everybody's progress to how close they are to being able to select an attack. And in the end quarter of it, once your character gets to that level, they're able to select uh, an attack, a spell, um, and so is the enemy. And you can see that. And if you attack or are attacked by an enemy whilst like preparing in that like area of the action you'll have bonus damage done to you and there are some attacks and some spells that will actually like move you further back down that loading bar and the effect of that will be more pronounced if the enemy you're attacking is in that area i didn't do a great job of explaining it but (laughs) basically it's not no they yeah go ahead Tony
0: that's that's basically it where like there is a timeline that you're dealing with so you're um you're constantly playing this game of okay this enemy is going to attack this character in x amount of time will i be able to get this will i be able to get an attack off before that character goes before that enemy attacks. So do I defend instead? Do I try to go for a, a cancel attack to completely stop that attack from happening? Um you know there's a lot of really fun trade-offs that you need uh that you need to make or decisions you have to make while you're in combat. Um it gives you a lot of different options to play with so not only is there like a basic attack and this cancel attack um, that will let you push somebody back on their timeline or completely cancel out their attack. There is also special arts that are specific to each character. And then there is magic spells that um, you can also use that's a little bit more um, free form in how that works. There is a, a thing called uh, mana eggs that you can equip to all the different characters, however you want to do them Um, because you level up the egg itself separately from your character specific actions so if you want to make a certain character let's say a healer you can give them that egg to to be the healer but let's say uh later in the game they get a better weapon or they get a different skill that's like oh now this character is going to be like my uh, heavy attacker i can switch that mana egg off of them make somebody else a main healer and like shift your um shift your your options your priorities with a certain character so the battle system itself is the major selling point of this game i think it's super fun and engaging um and how it interplays with the cut like the leveling up system is is really really fun yeah uh it's that that is definitely the strongest part of this game it's it's kind of the um the crux of the grandia series in general like that's its staple is this battle system and it's really really fun um it's really really fun i i like it a lot but you know it doesn't it doesn't come without um any flaws though i mean the camera system while in battle sometimes is completely useless like you won't be able to see your character or see um, see other characters moving because like the camera will get locked into a position it's like, uh, I need to be able to see what's going on here
1: and yeah, it doesn't and, allow you to And positioning matters in, in combat uh, like as far as area of effect spells, it matters where you are or if you're even just doing like a normal like sword attack or uh, a physical attack where you where you are in relation to the enemy you're attacking matters because you have to move. You have to get to that enemy and during that time you are vulnerable to being countered.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like and, um, um But I mean yeah, yeah, you touched the, on the
1: interesting part of it. What's that? Uh, about the um like the combat having a lot more like a lot more going on than a normal turn-based system and how outside of combat like you will level up in a normal way but that's not the only form of progression because you do have these eggs and you can level up whichever spells you want to and you can assign those spells to whichever character you want to so if you want to give the the manimal with the giant two-handed axe all the healing spells Merrick. and make him into your white mage you can do that and then uh in addition to like leveling up the spells there is also the um, the skill books you have where you basically can like level up somebody's uh health and assign it to them so if you want the the songstress priestess like dainty lady character to have 800 extra hit points you can just give that to her and it allows for a lot more customizability with what characters you want to be able to do what and that that's really interesting it's really cool thing this game does
0: yeah. And it's, and it's not just, the skill books are not just stat boosts, but you can also give people different, um, kind of features. Like you can give certain characters, or not certain characters, you can give characters, uh, with the skill books, the ability to, you know, recharge SP faster, which is like to use like your special, um, your character speci- specific, attacks. You can give them things to, uh, counter attack. When you evade different moves, you can give them items or abilities to uh, have enemies drop items more often, or to use items faster uh, on your timeline than normal. You know, so it's not just, here's a bunch of stat boosts that you could throw into. Like I I ended up using stat boosts more than those other abilities, Um, but for uh, Tio, which is one of the uh, characters you get later in the game that, is more of a like evasive ninja character i kind of challenged myself to build her differently than what i would normally do so i built out her evasion and gave her a counter attack so she barely ever got hit by regular melee attacks um and she always countered attacked so i thought that was a really fun thing that you could do that you don't have to it gives you options you know um i think this game gives you a lot of choice in your battle, Mm -hmm. uh, strategy, which is, again, this is the strength of the game. Um, it's really what you're hanging your hat on with this. Um, so I don't know. I think (sighs) maybe
1: like maybe too much choice in some matters. There's a lot of, there's a lot of filler spells here that you're never going to use. There's a lot of filler skills that really aren't important. And like, yeah, you're going to put some Put some skill points into things that really don't end up mattering but kind of through the plane of the game you're able to intuit what the most important things are and um the progression in this game is really up to you so you get like, experience points you get your gold but you also get uh magic coins and special coins and those are the things you can use to level up the magic and like the skill books and since those are like constantly coming out to you it allows for a very like smooth progression line there's no like gigantic power spikes other than when you learn maybe a new skill after a story point um and and yeah since they're interchangeable it does allow for a lot more customization within it but there's a lot to parse through this game
0: Yeah, um, I actually disagree with you when you say like there isn't a lot of power spikes because the way that I always played this game and the way that I played it this time is um, I enjoy kind of limiting myself in the regular battles that happen throughout the game. And I I also dodge a lot of fights um, to make it a little bit more challenging. So I I came in uh, to like the end game of this like way under leveled. Like I was at like level 40. Um, trying to do the end game stuff yeah so um i really enjoy the making tactical decisions against hard enemies i think this game shines the most in some of the boss fights because you really have to think through your strategy of okay the enemy team has eight different enemies on their side i have four actions to use how do i limit the damage that's going to be done to me while also maximizing damage output so that was a really fun you know, juggling act uh, to play in each fight but for me power spikes happened because uh right before a boss which they they telegraph pretty pretty well when you're gonna fight a very strong enemy mm-hmm. uh, i would hoard all my magic coins and my special coins for right before i went into one of those bosses and then like okay i'm gonna upgrade a ton of stuff you know so um I would get very noticeable shifts in how fast certain moves would go off how powerful they are or how powerful i became um based on that so um okay i had a i had a really fun time doing that or let's say i struggled with a certain boss fight like i lost on for whatever reason Um, when i would reload my save i would always make sure to save before i spent my all of my resources so if i went into that battle underestimating an enemy i would readjust how i allocate my resources to better fit the strategy of that fight um so it's it's all about the tactics of the moment to moment action and then how you actually plan to use your resources if you're not grinding you know if you if you grind a little bit in this game you become very powerful very quickly i feel like where um certain enemies and boss fights become a cakewalk but um you know there are certain moments in this game that are very challenging uh that make for really really compelling action
1: yeah uh, so basically, you got you got power spikes here and there because you played the game wrong. Got it? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't play the game wrong. I almost
0: i i almost played the game uh because i i also played it on on Steam in the anniversary collection mm-hmm. and they added a hard mode and I oh, almost hell. did it. I was I, I was really close to doing that because I, I i think i think this game's battle system is it's the only thing uh that really I remembered about this game coming back to it mm-hmm. um and it's i still think about this game like, i still think about the battle system of this game like man why don't more games do this and actually i'll talk more about this later but there there is a game in the relatively uh recent past that tried to do a game like uh, a system like this and it was actually really really fun uh, but i'll talk about that more later
1: um yeah it end. is a neat system and it is a shame that not too many games have done it um like i don't i'm even just trying to think back to like final fantasy 13 which kind of has like that same sort of like build up of skills but uh or like build up of like using the timeline but that's more like unique to final fantasy games uh of sort of like that like 6 through 13 era but also final yeah. fantasy 13 is just terrible so that doesn't help it it doesn't <laughs> help in any way yeah. whatsoever but, uh, yeah, yeah I mean, the... the combat in this game shines, uh, random encounters, like, there aren't random encounters, you can see encounters, like, you can see enemies in the field and you can avoid them. I never felt like I had to grind, um, I wouldn't, yep. I wouldn't, like, have every single encounter, but if there was an enemy that was basically, it's, like, in the way and it would be a pain in the ass to try to get around it, I would just, like, I'll just fight it, um, so I forget what level I was at at the end but it was closer to like I think it was around like 50 for some of the characters um yeah and I never felt like I was too powerful really like the boss fights you're right are where this game really shines because the boss fights are very compelling they're difficult without being um unfair and it yeah that's really the strongest part of the game is the gameplay um, and that's probably yeah. where I'll stop saying nice things about Grandia too. <laughs> <laughs> I like the
0: last thing, the last thing I wanted to say about battle system is that, um, it, it plays in this interesting space between turn-based combat and like strategy combat kind of. Cause like when it is your turn to act with a certain character on the really compelling boss fights, you'll take a second and think about who am I attacking? What do I want to use? You know, you you kind of run through a lot of options um, or at least I did. You think very strategically like this, but it's not to the point of let's say advance wars where you're thinking, you know, very long and hard about each move that you're doing or like an XCOM where you really have to pay attention to the moves that you're doing. So it's not like you're taking five minutes for a turn. It's still pretty fast, but it's not like um, some of the older Final Fantasy games where once you get to a certain uh, ability level, you're just mashing a just to attack to get through fights. You know, like there's a little bit more menuing and thinking through what options you have and what's the most effective uh, way to take down your enemy, which I really appreciate. I, it's I can't stress enough how awesome this gameplay is um, when it's challenging. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I I have a feeling that your your negativity towards this game is going to be very focused on the characters and the story. So I think <laughs> I think we should just get right
1: into that. Fuck, um, everything in this game takes so long. This game is <laughs> like. I think it takes, a, like, a hundred years to beat this game. They don't... they don't shut up. They don't shut up the, like, the high-level because even, like, the medium-level spells. There's, like, a 15 to 30-second animation for them to play out, and also, yeah. people don't shut up. The, the main character has a hawk that talks, and nobody really addresses that, or it feels weird. Like, oh, you have a talking bird. SKY! God. Damn. SKY, TAKE FLIGHT! <laughs> this game just... that's, like, the first thing I put in my notes all caps everything takes so long
0: (laughs) yeah there there is literally no excuse for how long some of the spell animations take and it's like the game cuts away to like a pre-rendered uh like scene and you're right it takes way too long there's no way to skip it there are certain spells that i would not use because they just took too long yeah you know like as soon as soon as i got the spell boom i was like Perfect, boom! Does a lot of damage. It actually does some timeline damage to uh, the enemy, and it hits like an area of effect. And the cast time is really, it's really fast, or at least the the animation's really fast. So it's like, yep, that's the spell I'm using. Like that and crackle, those ones are very, very fast and effective. I'm using those. Like that's it. um But like zap is one of the most frustrating things in the world because mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. takes forever. Oh, my God. And then, so bad. Okay,
1: there. this is just like a nitpick, but it's always something that really fucking annoys me about RPGs like this, where there are attacks like Ba-Boom, which creates essentially like a mushroom cloud, or um, Elena's like special move, where creates a laser beam so powerful that in order to see the entirety of it, you can see the curvature of the earth and then they do same the same amount of damage as uh R- 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 Rido, ride Rido just like attacking R- 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 Rido, just like tack attacking with the sword and they do the same they do the same amount of damage and like that's just like a, such yeah. a minor thing but it annoys me to like such a like a degree like nuclear explosions oh. on par with you know uh, just, like me and my bird are going to attack you a couple times and they'll be as <laughs> as powerful
0: i i totally totally agree with you like the one that that comes to mind really uh really easily for me is it's it's like it's one of the explosion spells and in the animation it clearly shows it goes into space it shows a small meteorite (laughs) then a bigger meteorite comes and obliterates the small one comes down to earth and crashes it does 1200 damage it's like what like that should be room clear and that should kill everything but no, it does just a mod of comb of damage You'll, it's so fucking weird right. it's so weird and there's
1: like no reason for you to not use those attacks even when just fighting normal mobs cause recovery items are plentiful they're saved in recovery spots all around the space so, so there's really no reason for you not to use all your magic and special points yeah. to do these attacks and I mean it's fine and like some of the animations, they're cool but I don't want to see them a hundred times, and that just yeah. gets frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah. But contrary to what you might think, I don't. I don't really hate the characters in this. I think the story is bonkers ass crazy you know basically essentially a group of teenagers get together and use the power of friendship to kill god that's sort of standard for a jrpg (laughs) yeah it
0: it it does that that thing that you've seen in in jrpgs before where it's like uh, evil church, you know, or like right. evil head of state where it's like, you start off the game you think they're the good guys. And then it's like, clearly they're the bad guys from like the, <laughs> from, from the very, like right when the game kind of starts to, um, catch fire a little bit, it starts to get moving. It's like, Oh, clearly the church are bad guys, but it takes so long for the story for the, the actual characters that are living the game to realize that the bad guys are, are, are this church. Um, so that's kind of disappointing but the I, I think like you said like the characters are actually not too bad um let's let's list them off here so your main character is Ryudo. he's a han solo like character he's a mercenary you know devil may care attitude kind of mm-hmm. um, his
1: chewbacca is up is a talking bird
0: sky which is fantastic i don't care what you say um so he's I, I think he's pretty good, uh, if not one note. Um his his like, you know, um opposite is Elena, who is a sister of the Church of Granis, who is um that's kind of the the main church of this world. You know, they're they are the um, you know, holier than thou type people. And she is a songstress, so she has a beautiful voice and kind of travels around um, the country, you know, acting like a sister or, or, or a, like a saint like character would, um, what kind of thrust the story forward and thrust these characters together is the church needs somebody to protect Elena because she's about to do a very important ceremony. They hire Ryudo. That ceremony ends up going awry, quote unquote, and Elena becomes possessed uh, she becomes possessed with the wings of Valmar. Valmar is like Satan in this case, and um, the wings of Valmar take form of this uh, polar opposite character, Millennia. So where Elena is this goody-two-shoes type character, Millennia is the doesn't give a fuck kind of rude, um, kind of hypersexualized. Uh, type character, uh, you know, yeah, free wheeling. However,
1: hypersexualized you can be with this graphic style, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And like but, Millennia but has this, like, she basically, her and Elena share a body, and every time, like, sometimes in the story, they switch bodies, and then you go from having Elena as your team member to Millennia, and you have to spend like five minutes, fucking minutes in the menu reassigning all your skills yeah. and everything. Again, small, so mistake, a little bit of annoying thing, but carry on.
0: yeah yeah yeah. so uh so that's kind of the main setup of the game you have this dr jekyll mr hyde thing Mm -hmm. with elena and millennia um they do a really good job actually i think throughout the story of kind of drilling into that like what happens when you are possessed by this other force and it's and and it will randomly take over um i think they do a good job of those two characters talking to each other yeah and kind of understanding because at first it's very elena's like i want to purge this evil from my body because she's kind of brainwashed by the church to think you know all this um stuff is evil and it does this interesting thing where it blurs the line between like do, is millennia really evil like she's supposed to be you know a piece of almar which is like the satan of this world but she doesn't seem that bad mm-hmm. you know it's 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 very interesting how they interplay that um so that's kind of the main characters there there's three other characters that get introduced there's rowan who is a kind of little kid that you don't uh know much about but he kind of joins your party uh because he's he's looking for a medal that belongs to his mother um you come to find out that he is heir to the throne of this huge kingdom um which is interesting i guess um so and like the what the metal is like a key
1: to like some sci-fi dungeon underneath this kingdom.
0: Yeah, the, like let's we'll get there in a minute. This <laughs> we'll game fucking has a, has, a, has a this game has a jump the shark moment for sure. Um, so there's also this beast man character called Merrick, manimal. who um, yes, manimal, <laughs> who is tied to Ryudo in the sense that um, Ryudo's brother uh, is. This character Malthus who who has also become possessed by uh, a piece of Valmar the and made him of Valmar. Dam- He has become demonic and has gone on like killing sprees and things like that, and Merrick is here is is trying to stop him. Uh so
1: Love smelling Merrick things. and Reed, can't, can't can't get enough about talking about the smell of things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Always smells evil. Smells something. This, like, you know they really lay in thick. T-
1: where like he's like oh, is great is back and like does like a little rotatey thing and then like dialogue pops up like oh it smells it smells smelly in here. <laughs>
0: yeah exactly exactly. Um, so the last character they introduced way late into the story and it's just like what the fuck is this thing is Tio, <laughs> Tio is. Uh, a robot like kind of like a doll type robot but it's also like a messiah like character because she has all sorts of crazy magic powers that's tied to like old world crises that like it's she brings this whole she unlocks like a very crazy sci-fi element to this game that i completely forgot about that is so dumb it's, yeah this uh, game starts it's
1: high fantasy and ends high sci-fi
0: yeah it's i totally forgot that about this game and it's like oh man it really jumps the shark in a big way like when you go to the moon and it's like (laughs) the moon is actually a living organism that is like the it's like an egg for (laughs) valmar and there's a point in this game where the moon is high in the sky and then an eyeball opens up from the moon and looks down at Ryudo. it's like mm-hmm. what the fuck is going on here like it's it's bonkers and you fly it's to the moon bonkers. on a
1: giant sword that's actually a spaceship and one of many sword spaceships
0: <laughs> i know it it's so fucking weird uh, it's so weird but the the thing that drives your party along is basically the church of Granis. that the head is this guy zara Who's like a? He looks like a pope-like figure. Yeah. He basically tells he basically tells Elena, "I need you to go around the country, unlocking these seals of Valmar, to um, to bring them kind of like into your body, so we can cleanse and remove them from you and remove Valmar." Uh, fucking no shit, Sherlock. He's trying to resurrect Valmar because that doesn't make any sense to bring these pieces into your body so they can expunge them no he's trying to put them all together so he can release valmar on the world right so the the beats of this game are all these different pieces of valmar that you're traveling around the country to unlock so there's uh the first one you meet outside of the wings of valmar which is millennia you meet uh the tongue then the eyes horns which is Malthus, ryuto's brother uh the body the heart and then there's a couple of there's like the core of valmar which is you know whatever but it's whatever it's whatever um some of the stories leading up to like the end of the game so like when you the first piece of valmar the tongue that you fight they do this interesting thing where uh somebody in this town is possessed by the tongue of valmar it makes him very greedy he's eating all this food he's it it, it doesn't allow other people to eat food in the town uh when you cleanse this guy of the tongue of valmar like you you pull that piece out of him and ingest it into elena slash millennia that guy like dies super hardcore like dies becomes a vegetable and just lays there completely dusted um Mm -hmm. And the party doesn't know how to feel about that. Um, that only ratches it, it up when you go to the next piece, which is the eyes, who is the eyes of Valmars possess this little girl. And a little girl that's like, you know, a, like a sweet, innocent little girl who's a little bit of an outsider in the town, but they they do this whole thing where like the city is like she's a demon woman and we need to kill her but it's like just a little girl but she is actually evil kind of um so it's i think that part of the game is where the story's the strongest um because they they make you basically kill a little girl Mm -hmm. you know they they do some like hopeful things with it at the end of it um her mother is also involved too and is like completely distraught that you had to kill her daughter, you know, like it's it's a powerful moment in the game, but then from there it goes fucking downhill so hard that it just, all of the story beats after that do not resonate at all, they're really kind of shitty um, like you said, it gets into crazy sci-fi territory pretty fast after that um, Right,
1: yeah, like Tio, the character you meet at, at the end is basically like a automaton, and it turns out they were like, in the old world and whatnot. And there's, like, there's some fine story here. And it's this giant, like, conspiracy drawn by the the church of the world and all these hidden aspects of the religion and within the people. My issue with it is it's just, it it's so verbose. There's so many text boxes. And every so often there's, like, actual voice acted scenes, which... Yeah, the voice acting is not fantastic, but everybody has their own sort of character beat, their own style. And, I mean, the characters are fine. Everybody is, like, has a... Most people have a character arc, which is kind of predictable. You know, Ryudo, he's, you know, the Han Solo who eventually lightens up. Elena's the goody two-shoe who learns to loosen up a little bit. Millennia is evil but becomes good. Uh, Rowan's, like, a little kid who grows up. Tio's the tin man who gets a heart. And then Manimal um, just sacrifices himself and that's his character arc uh but yeah. like there's they're one note but they're still charming and endearing enough to mostly carry the story and they could completely carry it if the game itself was maybe like 10 hours shorter um in,
0: but here, here's the thing to that though because i completely agree with you like it, it seems verbose mm-hmm. but there are times in the story that i wish they would spend more time with it like they introduce malthus as this like really evil character right and it's again it's the thing that draws merrick to the party uh and they kind of hurriedly rush through his arc you know they kind of yeah. tease him when merrick sh- when merrick sure shows up when you finally go to uh rowan's like main city where he's like you know the prince. Uh, soon to be king uh, he shows up there but very kind of limitedly and you fight him there and it's you know one of those boss battles where you have to lose which is like my fucking I hate this that. That skin does that like I three I hate that times. so much. I know it's a fucking worst It's like my <laughs> biggest pet peeve in any JRPG ever. But the the thing is is that when you actually go through um, the main story arc where Ryudo finally can uh, you know fights his brother they have that conflict and they show kind of what happened in Riero's past that precipitated all these events it happens so quickly and they don't they don't give Malthus any sort of drive beyond oh he just wants to be strong you know like his heel turn never felt um, earned you know it just came out of nowhere and then that was it right um, and they kill him at like the it was,
1: halfway part of the game
0: yeah and it's just like oh okay like that's that's just over with um but yeah it's it's overly long at times like towards the end of this game it's like dude shut the fuck just up wrap it i up. wanna please just wrap it up here yeah um i will say though uh the ending is long but they do a time skip at the very end of it it's like a, a year later so they do like an epilogue in this game and i do like that i do like when the they show you what the world is like after you've saved it because um, they show they show rowan back you know back in his hometown but it's like okay he's the king but he's like oh not today i'm gonna go live amongst the people so he walks around and, and, and kind of meets everybody teo becomes a nurse because she has found her heart and found her caring so now she is a nurse millennia becomes a teacher which is fantastic um you know, kind of yelling at these bratty kids, yeah, which it is sort just of fits fun.
1: What our character becomes and where it starts.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's nice. Like I I think it's a very happy and nice ending, which um, these games don't always give you, or at least they don't give you um, enough satisfaction at the end of it. So I think the game does does really well there. Plus, you know, like I said, the the arc of Millennia and Elena, it it has a very satisfying conclusion. Uh, they're at the end are able to separate themselves from each other and live independently of one another, but they kind of love and respect each other at the end of it, which is fantastic. You know, it's a, it's a really fun little thing there, but man, there's so much shitty parts of it that just, man, if this could be just written a little bit better, it could be um, way, way more impactful or rememberable, but it's, it just misses the mark you know
1: yeah yeah I agree with you there and that just needed a good a good script editor to cut out big chunks of dialogue and there's nothing super surprising but it does a very admirable job of world building in a very blunt sort of exposition way there's not too much organic storytelling from it but what it does is interesting and I, you know, remember the names of people better than I would in other games like this or like entirely text story driven because, I mean, okay, there were a lot of times where I was not paying attention to the screen and just mashing through text boxes. That happened quite a bit, which sucks. That shouldn't happen in the game, but like, I get it. That's sort of what JRPGs from this this time are like. Um, But all in all, the characters were more... Engaging than I thought they would be.
0: Right, and, and the the thing about it is, is like in in JRPGs, like especially Final Fantasies, sometimes they throw too many characters at you. Yes, you know, like your party size is way too big, so you end up um, not getting a fully fleshed out character. Whereas I think in this game, you fully understand the five different party members you end up having throughout the game. Right, they'll always cap you um, at
1: four characters in your party at a given yes. time which really helps to let you yes. get to know these people better.
0: Yes. So the 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 parallels that I was seeing a lot with this game is um this and Final Fantasy 4 have some similar moments like in both these games they go to the moon out of nowhere. Um <laughs> and the the main character has some like sort of transformation uh, arc in both of these games you know it's another one of these you're working for an evil head of state you know it's kind of one of those things so I think there's a lot of parallels between that game and this um but I I like a lot of the characters in Final Fantasy 4 but only a handful of them feel fleshed out whereas I think in this game um I understand those characters a little bit more um and they're definitely re- more rememberable than some of the ones in, in some of the other Final Fantasies. Um, so, the one thing that I had the biggest, biggest gripe with about this game is so traditional JRPGs usually have two things in addition to long, <laughs> overly complicated, stupid stories and interesting <clears throat> battle systems. Those are kind of like two hallmarks of it. There's two other things that JRPGs typically have. A lot of side content, side quests and things like that to do, and fun little mini-games to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you look at you know Final Fantasy VII, uh, they had the snowboarding mini-game, and they had all, like, the, the fun casino games, the Golden Saucer, or, like, Final Fantasy eight and nine had, uh, you know, triple triad and and, and, uh, whatever the uh, card game was in nine. Yeah, like the the, the
1: carnival, like right at the beginning of Chrono Trigger.
0: Yeah, like they have like little mini games and stuff like that. Um, And sometimes they're spread throughout the game. Sometimes you can go back to them and and do fun stuff with it to get items and stuff. Um, So this game barely has any of that. And when it does have that stuff, it's fucking awful. It's terrible. <laughs> like, uh, the the side quest part of this game, I think there's only one part of this game that is truly a side quest. And that's at literally the very end of the game where it says special area. You can go and, like, fight more battles and find some items in here. But if you don't, just leave this area and continue on with the story. Mm-hmm everything else in this game is so linear you are moving from section to section you do not go back um, to previous sections all that often to see how cities have changed or see how the events of the world have shaped these different locations that you spent in there's none of that there's no npcs that you talk to that say hey go do this for me and i'll give you something you know, there's none of that which is it feels like such a miss Uh, for a JRPG. Yeah, I think that
1: Um, bogs down, like that, I think uh, explains a bit more of why this game feels so long and so much like a a slog, or a slong, is that a slog, there we go, Jesus, I think I had fit in two dick euphemisms before I got the right word. Um, so, (laughs) (laughs) it's because every, everything is part of the main story. There is no reprieve from it. And it's, already a long game and it might be counterintuitive to think that adding side content would help make it feel a little fresher but when everything is kind of going from that main point a to b and there's no deviation from that whatsoever it really it just it 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 bogs it down and it makes things just kind of less joyful to play
0: yeah yeah and then um like i was saying before the the mini games uh Completely lacking. This game tries to add that stuff in there. Like, there's an arm wrestling uh, mini game. There's this really weird one that you get uh, when you enter Merrick's village, where you have to like pick up these little acorn things. But it's like, all of the mini games are so half baked, barely functional. Yeah. They they just they're awful. They're absolutely awful. And then they also add this thing that only shows up in a handful of dungeons, where if you have three of these type of seeds and you give it to admittedly a cute little mascot for this game i think it's called a kiro if you give it three of these seeds the kiro will kind of jump onto your back and light the path that you're on it's completely optional doesn't offer any um buff or any sort of helpful uh helpful sense when you go into a dungeon it's it's just completely trash um Mm -hmm. yeah it's just that part sucks it sucks um and I guess it, there's one other thing that I don't like about it. Um and again, another th- another parallel that I'm seeing to Final Fantasy 4 is when you enter a dungeon, dungeons do not have any sort of complex puzzles or anything like that. Most of it is run over here, hit this switch, okay, now another path opens. So run over here. You know, there's no um fun little things that they're doing inside the dungeons, which I guess that's that's most jrpgs of the time um and of the present too i mean jrpgs haven't moved forward that much in that sense but Mm -hmm, it it, everything feels so linear the entire game like it doesn't give you a lot of options to do things you know
1: yeah yeah that's uh that's a damn shame um so i think there's like one other kind of point i wanted to bring up then we can get to our stores, scores because we've been we've been going on this game for a while this, there's a lot there's a lot to get into with this game um yeah i think yeah. it's just like apparent with how long we've talked about it but so it is a uh 3d game um and the way the camera works isn't fantastic so it like zooms in a little bit when you're standing still but when you're moving it, it zooms out and you can rotate the camera Um, But in some of the dungeons and other sort of more, like, labyrinthian places, that makes it so, so disorienting to move around. Which brings me to kind of, I guess, my unpopular opinion of this game, where it should not have been in 3D. This should be a 2D sprite-based game, and I think that would have allowed for a lot more character detail. It would have helped the graphics age better because there's a lot of cool design like this game the environments change from place to place in a really cool way and um, like when you go in the final area you're like inside the new the new Valmar and you're in like this kind of like veiny tunnels here and there and there's a lot of cool stuff but if they had chosen to use maybe like an older art style that they could have detailed more instead of what does not look good now like really blocky 3d models that would have i think made this game hold up a lot better
0: yeah it's it's funny you mentioned that because the the original grandia is exactly that so it's it's 2d they still do the similar type of movement um but you're right the graphics hold up way better for that game all the characters look more interesting. Um, it's a very similar game. I wonder if we would have played Grandia One instead of Grandia Two, you might um, might have liked that game better. Um, but I didn't play that game as a kid, so it it, did, it wouldn't so qualifications doesn't fit for this. <laughs> doesn't fit. But um, but yeah, like so the first game was a lot more like that. So um, it's interesting that you bring that up as a critique uh, because that was that was something that they kind of knowingly moved away from. Uh, so I, I just found that's that's interesting. Yeah, but like I mean, I get it.
1: It was uh, it was the Dreamcast. It was 2000. Like 3D graphics were the thing. It it had to be a 3D game. There's no way they would make it a 2D sprite based JRPG win. 3D graphics were like the new hotness. So it, it makes sense why they did like at the moment. But in the hindsight, kind of wish they had not done that. Maybe like sacrifice trying to be big shit in order to make a game that just looks better forever. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. I don't know. I think you got you got anything else on your Grandia 2. This episode has reached Grandia 2 length too. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I this is I I feel like it's justified for this game. Oh yeah, totally agree. Um, this this game is is um it's, I don't feel like this game is overly long. Um, it feels like it. But, but if we were playing, let's say, Final Fantasy X, you know, that game is way longer than this. There's way more meat on the bones in that game. But uh, I feel like this game's actually pretty short if you mainline it. You know? Well, I guess you kind of have to mainline right. it. But um, you, you can play through it in like 30 hours if you, if you just kind of buckle down. Uh but yeah, I, I don't really have anything else to say. Um, since it's my game, I'll go first. Yeah, um, for my my thoughts on this. So I've thought about this a lot. Uh, the point of this show is to examine nostalgia, and that is why I'm gonna say, hey, I don't like this game. Oh um, wow. The, the old the only things that I'm really holding on to uh, with this game are the memories I formed when I was playing it as a kid. Um, I still feel like the battle system is some of the best of its time. Uh, it's, it's really, really fun. The systems they built into the game, the, the, the way you can customize it, the way you can build out your characters, all of that stuff, um, is really, really good. But if we're talking about a battle system like this, I think, uh, a game came out, God, it must've been six, seven years ago now, a game called Child of Light. Child of Light is a game made by Ubisoft. Uh, it is a kind of faux JRPG that has a very similar time, uh, combat system to this where you can you have a timeline, you can cancel people's moves out. There's different, a lot of different things with that. There's a lot more party members in that game. There's a couple more interesting systems in there. It's a, better, uh, a very interesting art style. But like that game has that same battle system but it doesn't have all the other frustrating things that we talked about uh, with this game. You know, the, the story uh, is a little more um, nuanced. The characters are a little bit more um, varied in how they play. Um, it's, it's not long-winded when it, when it doesn't have to be. Um, and as much as I really like the, the combat system, there's really fucking frustrating parts about it too. Like we were talking about motion earlier. So when you make a command, your character actually has to run to that character to to um, to activate that thing, you know, to actually swing the sword at them. Well, sometimes if characters are acting around the same time and they're running towards different enemies, they'll get in each other's way. And then the motion ends up, um, having them run in weird directions. And sometimes characters have finite mo I have finite movement and the characters will run out of movement to get to their character. And they'll just be like, Oh, I, I don't act right now. Or you, you get put into situations where, um, you know, the camera's in a bad position or you get put in a really shitty position where it's like, Oh, I just can't do anything right now. I'm just going to get destroyed by this boss. And and part of that might be because I, I tried to play it a little bit harder, um, than most would, but, there's also a lot of systems in this game that are not well explained, and I feel like um I was able to succeed in this game because I have played it in the past, and I knew how all this stuff worked. Uh, a person like yourself, uh, I'm sure you didn't have as much of a um, idea of how things worked in this game, which I think is is something that could have been prevented, but um, just wasn't addressed in a in an elegant way. So, uh as much as it pains me i have to say hey i don't like this game
1: wow god i can i feel that one tony i'm i'm legitimately surprised you came down on that on that side um yeah i mean like a part of it
0: too is that like going back to it and and thinking about the story again like the story that i remember in my head was way better than the one that i played uh so if 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 any one of the elements of the game that I thought um, were lacking were just a little bit better, that probably would have tipped the scales to say, hey, I like this game. Because the battle system is so good. Mm -hmm. But, it's like everything else around the battle system just isn't nearly good enough. You know? So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think on my end, I actually enjoyed this game more than I thought I would. Uh, The battle system is very interesting, and there aren't a whole lot of things that have done it before it is unique that doesn't necessarily mean that it's enough to justify playing the game and for that reason I'll have to say I don't hey I don't like this game either but it's much closer to a, a hair hey, like this game than I thought it would be just with the interesting battle system the amount of customizability within that and sure things aren't really super well explained but you can intuitively figure things out, and there is a uh, reward to that, that feeling of accomplishment. There's a lot of world-building yeah. with this game. A lot of it seems like a necessary exposition, but it does build this meaningful environment. Um, I miss games like this that have very distinct areas in the world you have of course like the desert stage the forest stage but then yeah, there's cool stuff like you're inside a giant you're inside a giant uh, god creature you come into these weird sci-fi weird almost like eldritch horror dungeons and there's a lot of heart here um but if i did not have to for this game or for this podcast, I definitely would have stopped playing this game after maybe five to ten hours. There's just not enough to hold one's attention and to really keep you playing. Once you've played a bit of it, you've you've played all of it. Um, and it's 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 got heart, it's got spirit, it's it's charming. But at the end of the day, just there's too many too many columns or too many stacks in the negative column for it to to be something I would recommend. So, hey, hey, I don't like that game.
0: I I will say though, um I think this franchise could could use another installment. You know, like I would play. I'd be extremely excited if they announced another new Grandia game that used the same battle system and then just took another s- swing at it. Yeah, um, modern. I system. played yeah, I mean, like like I said, the game Child of Light takes this battle system, and it it's so fun. I love the way the fighting works in this game, but it's just, you know, the fact that all the other checkboxes of a JRPG are just not there, you know? The characters are pretty good, but they're not all great. I think Ryudo, Elena, Milena, Millennia are definitely the strongest characters, and then everybody else is just like, nah. And then there isn't side con- content. The mini games aren't good. Um, like the overall story is kind of shit and crazy. But I mean, that's a, lot, that's, that's a lot of JRPGs though. Like that's a, to be fair, that's a lot of JRPGs. Um, but yeah, it's, that one, this hurt me. This hurt me to say I don't like this game. It did. But I mean, whoever is the uh, IP holder for Grandia, g- give me another one. Give me another one and and make me make me a believer.
1: Yeah, I I think I had an interesting enough experience with this one that I would would also get excited about a new a new Grandia coming out. So there you, you've you've kind of converted me onto the franchise.
0: <laughs> it's it's so funny we both end this show on a very hopeful note, even though we both said we did not like this game. Yeah,
1: yeah. There we go. That's the that's the beauty of it, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so, Jake, now that we have gotten through uh, my latest pick, what kind of bullshit are you making me play now?
1: Ooh, gosh, so, so harsh. Well, Tony, this game, it's pretty slow. You spend a lot of time with characters, there's a lot of talking. So for the next game, I want to go fast. I want some carnage. I want things to get wild. So we are going to be playing Burnout 3 Takedown for the xbox and playstation 2 we got a racing game i think this is our first one
0: this i think this is our first racing game this dude this is a fantastic pick great this is a great pick i actually have never owned a burnout game and i have only barely touched the series um but i know its reverence Uh, i know the people that love burnout can't speak enough about how how great those games were so i'm actually super excited to play this this is awesome so
1: let's uh let's go from the the slow lane to the fast lane for burnout three next time on hey i like that game
0: make sure to turn on your blinker Make sure to subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to us on. And also drop us a rating and review. It would really mean a lot to us. Thanks. Tune in next time.